Thank you for tuning in to Trevor Talks Podcast, where we talk to real people about real topics and real stories. Today, we have an amazing guest with us, and she's got an amazing message that she just put out into the world. Her book, Chasing Wonder, just came out yesterday, and I'm super thrilled for this conversation. Ginger Stocky is an Emmy Award-winning documentarian, writer, producer, talk show host, and most recently, the author of Chasing Wonder, Small Steps Towards a Life of Adventure. Here is my conversation with Miss Ginger Stocky. Ginger, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Trevor. I'm really excited to do this. I've been looking forward to it. I'm just thrilled to have you just going over the book and the conversation that I believe God is going to bless so much and really just help people be delivered from that life of just feeling like they're living a temporary day-to-day flow. And your book just highlights that chasing the idea of living a life of wonder. And I'm just, I'm excited to see people break through and find freedom in that. That's my prayer. Absolutely. In this. And I think you're describing it really well, what a lot of people are feeling. And especially right now with the pandemic and everything that's happened, all those things that have kind of been um, put on hold or even stripped away from us, losses that we've had, that it is easy to feel fear and anxiety, uh, depression, um, just so many considerations of what's next for me? Is there anything good out there? And we want to tell people, yes, yes, there absolutely is. And that's phenomenal. And you've lived quite the amazing life so far. And from what I can tell, God is still working within you and opening more doors for you to walk through. And I really want to get behind. So you're an Emmy Award winner. And when people hear that, they're like, oh, like big stature, you know, just... (laughs) astronomical dreams and such, but was that always the dream for you to do exactly what you're doing now? You know, it's interesting how our dreams, of course, are so big and so important. I I really encourage people to dream for your life, to ask God what it should be, of course, for Him to lead us. But we have to have dreams. But our dreams also change and, and shift and mold with different seasons of our life. But yeah, there were so many things. I remember when I was in college, writing down a list of dreams that I had, really praying about it. And of course, not knowing exactly where God would lead, but I wanted very much to um, be able to share people's stories. I'm a storyteller at heart. So that's kind of my passion. So I love this opportunity for journalism and television um, and to be able to share amazing stories and really what God was doing in people's lives. And so I had so many great opportunities to travel the world, tell incredible stories, do documentaries, um, host some talk shows, different things to be able to do that. So that was definitely a dream come true for me. But in that, I learned that even when, so I had several Emmy nominations and you're, you're always kind of waiting for that one that they call your name up there. But even when that happened, which was such a blessing and an encouragement and, and a good thing, but it was not the end all be all to everything I thought I needed in my life. And I think sometimes we put such an importance on goals and aspirations. And then we realize that sometimes it is the other things of life that are so much more valuable than we ever realized, whether it's the little everyday moments that we have with our family or 
times that we just see something amazing in God's creation, those, those other things that are also so important. And of course I had writing a book on my list. So I'm very, very grateful that that's something that is um, coming to fruition now. And I'm so excited about it, but why I'm excited about it is to be able to encourage people toward their dreams and their big adventures. So that is a, a real answer to prayer for me. Yes. And I'm super, I'm, I'm glad you said that it wasn't the end all be all because so many people think like, oh, it'd be so cool to win a Grammy or an Emmy. And they put like this godlike stature on it and it becomes yes. an idol in their life, especially for musicians and actors, actresses like that. They think it's going to become their identity and that's just going to heal and solve all their problems. So it's just mm-hmm. so powerful for someone that's been there to actually highlight, hey, it's cool. The accolades are great, but... It's not better than being a Gigi, being a grandma, being being a father. Like it's not going to heal all your wounds. Right. And we do, we we put so much um, pressure on ourselves also to reach those goals because we think that that will be what fulfills us. And it never will be that one thing that fulfills us. And so I think it's so valuable to have these discussions and talk to people about, yes, God has success for you. He has accomplishments and good things for you. But as far as fulfillment comes for to fill that place in your heart that we all really need to be valued and loved is not going to come from a public accolade. It's going to come from a different type of relationship and there's only one place you can get it. So we've got to have that foundation in Christ or none of the other things will satisfy the need and you're always going to be striving for the next thing and disappointed. Yeah. And one thing a lot of people don't put into consideration, once you win that big accolade, it's not like you're going to the grocery store and you're like, I'm a, I'm a winner. I'm, <laughs> I, I deserve better treatment. No, like you're going to get it. And people think it's going to change their life, but you literally will wake up, put your pants on the exact same way, go to the grocery store, swipe your card. Like it's not that. Yes. That's going to change your life. And I believe Jesus offers that peace um, and just life with family and realizing that, you know, this is the big wonder behind it all. Why do people win accolades and awards? A lot of times it's because it's a unique thing that they brought to society that just really influenced and helped people overcome obstacles. Mm-hmm. And with the new book, the overall message is about conquering your fear and stepping up to something amazing that God has waiting for you. And it's also about breaking out of routine and discovering how much God really has for you. What point in life did this message start marinating in your soul and really just begin to come to fruition? For me, this has been something that has been a part of my life for as long as I can remember. Honestly, it's there's a a verse and it's in um, Philippians chapter one and, and Paul in different versions, it reads differently, but Paul basically prays Lord, let their joy in you overflow on account of my being with them. And that's just been a prayer that, that I have prayed for my life every day, honestly, for as long as I can remember. I, I really want Christ to come alive in other people's lives and that joy of him to overflow in them. And so 
that's something that I've always prayed. And of course, some days go well and some days don't go so well. And that, <laughs> that joy doesn't quite overflow the way I want it to. But that, that's been a goal and it's been a really important part of my life. And so in exploring that and in praying for that for many, many years, I've learned so much about the wonder of God and how much he has for each and every one of us. Because some of our friends who are listening right now aren't in a, a role or in a career or a position where they're going to have a major accolade. And, and they're saying, I'm just trying to survive today. You know, I'm, I'm just trying to get through the monotony of the work that I have on my checklist to do. And I believe strongly, and it's so clear in God's word, that what he has for us is much bigger than our checklist for every one of us, no matter what our job is, no matter what our family relationship is like, no matter what our roles are, God has such love and the fruit of his spirit to be shaken up in our life. And that includes joy and peace and kindness and gentleness and all those wonderful things that we all crave and desire. So I've kind of studied all my life how to make these things bubble up and hopefully overflow into other people. I love that. and. I, I really want to dive into your story, Ginger, because your personality, the the energy that you carry, it it, it just really encourages me. And I want to hear the oh, story you. behind you. Like, what has God done in your life that has brought you into this season of really just, mm. your, whether you realize it or not right now, like this story has the capacity to change the world. And you're the chief creative officer for Joyce Meyer Ministries. And a lot of people know Joyce's story, but I'm really interested to hear your story and how how you became the woman you are today. Well, I'm one of those people who... um have had that thought that many, many Christians have that I don't have a great testimony. Therefore, I don't know that God can ever use me to help other people. So many of us feel that way. I don't have a big transformation story. I grew up in a Christian home and I walked closer to God each, each day, each year, you know, kind of a coming in a going at different times, but never had that big transformation, that big testimony, and therefore had kind of that barrier that I thought, oh, you know, I'll do what I can. I'll do whatever you ask me, Lord, but I don't think you can use me in very big ways because I don't have that story to share. And I've learned so much about the blessing of grace on our lives, how it is such a wonderful story to have had the opportunity to walk with God for so many years and to learn so many things along the way, to have adventures and misadventures. And through all of it, even when I have seen bad things, even when I've seen some really, really difficult times in my life, but through all of it to see God's mercy and his grace and his love. And so that's been a big part of my story. So um, as I said, going into television at that point and having that real desire to write and tell other people's stories in a, in a powerful way that encourages other people. And so in doing that, I've had the opportunity to travel all over the world and um, see so many incredible things. And then about 18 years ago, got a call from Joyce Meyer Ministries, and they were looking for someone um, at that time to be 
the head of their television area. And so um, after uh, some time praying about it, because I was pretty settled where I was, you know, at first it was like, no, thank you so much. But God just kept saying, you know, you need to think about this. And they kept calling back. And so eventually (laughs) it was one of those things where it was a, I cannot say no to this. It's so obvious that this is what God wants for our family. It was not just for me. It was for our family. So we all picked up and we moved to St. Louis, Missouri. And it's been 18 years now that I've been a part of Joyce Meyer Ministries and um, also sharing the stories of the things that we're able to do to help other people through our outreach arm, Hand of Hope. So in that, I think that's what shaped a lot of what I'm writing in this book too, because our adventures are not just those big, crazy stories, which of course I have many of those to share in the book and they're a lot of fun to talk about, but, but it's also the hardships that we face. It's adventures of compassion. It's adventures of crying with someone else who needs someone to just love them like Jesus would. So when you think about what God's calling you to, or what your dreams are, what your adventures are in life. It is not always what you think. And there are so many good things that come out of even the hard times and the disappointments and some of the terrible places on the planet that I've been, the trash dumps that I've seen children working in and the red light districts where I've seen women trapped in human trafficking and just thought, God, where are you? You know, you can't be here in this terrible place. And seeing after God being very patient with me and putting up with my fits and tantrums and anger, that he definitely was, that he works to restore lives, that things in the world are not always like he wants. And I know that things in our lives are not always like we would have chosen or even that he would have chosen for us. Heartbreak, loss, but He is in the midst of those things. And if we can keep our focus on him, it really changes so many things for us. And do you consider yourself an adventurous person? I do. I do consider myself an adventurous person, but I also consider my husband an adventurous person. And he would say the opposite because adventure can be defined in many different ways. So I'm the kind of adventurous person that will paraglide and jump off a cliff or, you know, swim with the sharks, different things that I, that I love, but you don't have to have that adrenaline surge or a risk of life and limb for adventure. So my husband and I, we love to travel together, but we'll be doing very different things while I'm jumping off that cliff. He's standing with his feet firmly planted at a safe distance and happy as can be because he's living his adventure too. And so I think all of us can have what I like to call an adventure mentality where we kind of wake up with that opportunity to make a decision. I can be bored and settled and um, just live with what's happening, probably dissatisfied. Or I can say, I believe that today brings with it the opportunities for God to show me something great, to meet wonderful people, to learn a lesson. I don't know what it may be. It might be the smile of a child that I love, and that's enough for today. But I believe there is that opportunity in every day. So I do see myself as an adventurous person. 
And I think everybody can be. But what about you, Trevor? Do you see yourself as an adventurous person? You know, I've break, I've broken out of the shell of being comfortable at all times. Mm. You know, I have gone through like traumatic um, experiences with anxiety and panic attacks. And I actually, it, it's a big part of my story. For three years, I let it steal my life. And mm. I went and started working in corporate America, found success there, purchased my first home at 19. But I was not happy. I was just becoming obsessed with the position I was with yeah. uh, and just really let it take me. And I was like, before then I was touring, able to speak and do things that I felt like God had called me to. But my senior year of high school, it all just kind of crumbled with a uh, panic disorder. And mm. I found my identity in that for um, about three years, which is so unfortunate, but it's a part of my story. Before that, I was like you, I was like, oh, my story's so boring. And, you know, when you start saying things like that, you're kind of opening yourself up to like, oh, maybe like God, don't be careful what you ask God for, because sometimes he'll give you that, just that. And um, so I struggled through that. And then I was like, you know what? I'm not happy here. I'm not thriving. I'm not living an adventurous life. I'm not fulfilled. Um, on the outside, it looks like I'm living the American dream, but I'm really not in a place where I'm happy. If I were to die right now, I would not be happy with the legacy I'm living. So um, I started going through therapy and really just found that passion again, that inner child that I had for doing live events and speaking. I'd always been drawn towards like when I was a kid, you can ask my mom, I was like, I'm going to be a meteorologist, but no, I want to be Elvis Presley. And maybe I want to be a tornado chaser, but it all involved <laughs> it all using my voice and being on camera and really just navigating um, stories. Like I now can I can really relate to all that. Yeah. Now, being a conversationalist and you don't have to be a speaker or this or that you're we all have unique callings and for me I feel it's like leading conversations and of course after the panic disorder and everything I was like oh I'm never going to be able to be back on the same stages mm -hmm. as I was doing summer festivals with my favorite artists and you know I trusted God and said yes to go to therapy and to walk through that and as second kings 2 9 says like ask for a double portion of God's spirit and three months later I was back doing doing exactly what I had left off doing. And God really blessed that. Yes. And so it's not like I'm going to jump off mountains and everything kind of adventure, but here I am in Nashville versus being in social circle, Georgia, where I grew up. And it's funny because I have a home there, but I'm practically living in Nashville full time now. And I'm chasing God. I'm chasing yes. wonders he had. And um, like on the way back to Nashville last week, I haven't shared this story publicly. We literally encountered a tornado. So I was bringing my dog um, with me and we, you could see it. The trees were bending, went right by us. Um, wow. You couldn't see uh, through the rain hitting the windshield and then hail came and you could literally see the debris just going everywhere. Hmm. And in the midst of that dark storm, I felt so at peace as like just having your life flash before your eyes, seeing one of the most destructive things that kills thousands of people a year, just seeing it go through. And as we were going into the storm, I was like, oh, it can never happen to us, you know, because I'm a, I'm a hardcore lover of like just watching tornadoes and such. And I know all the signs and such. And I was like, oh, it, it wouldn't happen to us. And then the rain just kept getting harder and harder and then hail hit and then you can see the debris and everybody's parking under bridges and nobody's moving and wow and, that's and, scary yeah i didn't feel anxiety in that point though like mm. i can i can say that like i was you know god if this is the moment 
take me, you know? And in that moment, I was like, God's really moving because if that mm-hmm. were to happen any other time, I'd have been freaking out and doing uh, God knows what. But not- don't you love progress when you see progress yeah. in your life? And most people would be like, oh, I don't even want to know the things that came out of your mouth. I didn't curse, nothing like that. It was just like, <laughs> well, God, uh, this is beautiful. Like, and then it passed and we made our way back here and I had no hail damage or anything like that. But that's just one of those moments that I can see progress, as you said. Yeah. And, um, which should God. be celebrated. Yeah. It's like, woo. But yeah, I'm, definitely. Like, been sitting here talking with you about your story and navigating through the wonders in life it, it's just so cool for me to have that realization it's like oh that is progress and we had that here and everybody gets to experience it yeah. but it, it's just so wild to see how god takes us on those journeys in life it is and i think it's really because you did something that's very difficult but you stepped out and you risked you faced your fears, the anxiety, the different things that you were dealing with. And you said, God, I'm going to trust you to go into therapy to get the help that, that you needed. That is huge. And that is such a brave thing to do. And, and I think that if we can all get to that point where we take small steps, then we see that God is faithful, that we can trust him and, and we can take more small steps and a lot of small steps become a long journey. And so I think that's so encouraging. I love, I love your story. I love your story. And I, I have to know with you being such an adventurous person, you've been to the African bush, you've been all over the world. What is the wildest thing that's happened to you on this journey? Wildest. Wow. That, that's, uh, that's a difficult thing to nail down. Um, there was a tiger attack that I witnessed. Um, there was um, a very, very dodgy situation in a refugee camp where um, there have been many times that we just did not know what was going to happen. And we're just praying, God, please protect us. But one of the craziest things that ever happened was not dangerous, but I didn't know it at the time. It felt very dangerous. We were in uh, Papua New Guinea and we were in the highlands in a very remote little tiny village. And it was beautiful and just astounding. We flew this tiny plane up there and ended up landing on the craziest little grass runway on the side of the mountain that it looked like. I don't even know how we're going to make it to land in this little place. But then when we got there, these beautiful people were just so warm and welcoming and they had flowers and beads on and paint on their faces and they were just gorgeous big smiles wonderful people and they weren't dressed in costume they this was just their very best attire and so um they invited us into their meeting place. So we started walking toward this um, lodge, just basically a covering. And then we heard all these crazy noises like war cries and whoops and hollers. And we looked up and saw these men running at us with spears above their heads. So they're pointing these spears at us. They're, they're crying and screaming and running toward us with these spears. And the first thing you think is, Oh no, why did they invite us here? (laughs) Is something terrible going to happen? And the closer they got, 
um, I kind of did what, what you were talking about. I just was thinking through it very, very quickly. And it's like, no, we're safe. It's fine. They invited us here. I'm sure everything's fine, but it was still a very scary thing. Well, then these men ran past us. They ran right past us with the spears and we were all fine. And the entire village just burst out into cheers. They were all going, yay. And this village was doing something that was so important. They were welcoming us in a way that would create a memory that we would never forget. And in an adventure that we would love talking about. And this one of my favorites, because you think you're going to be run through with a spear, but instead (laughs) you can actually say, I saw this amazing thing. And this village was so kind and so warm. And they knew enough that People love adventure and memorable moments. And I will never forget that. So that's one of the craziest things maybe that that has happened uh, along with several others. But that one's a really great memory for me. I love that. And when you said they were running towards you, I was like, man, there might have been a rhino or a spider monkey or something behind you. (laughs) (laughs) Or you don't know. And that's a odd analogy on my point to like just imagine like you think they're coming at you but there could have been something behind you and it's kind of what we see with our eyes what we see as being the worst thing that could happen might be god using someone else to protect us and that's that's such a unique story i yeah that would be very interesting i would never forget it uh like you see your life like you're right yeah like Wow. Sometimes we we have fear of things because we don't know what it is. R- really, fear is all about the unknown and the results. And so you're fearing this thing that's coming toward you. But after you can have the hindsight and you see past it, you see the glory in it. You see how exciting <laughs> it was and that you're fine. And so fear is that way so often. Fear is often a a false expectation of something terrible that's going to happen. And so much of the time it it doesn't go that way. Yeah. And I've always wondered, like you said that they had paint all over their face and such. I wonder if they look at pictures of Americans and like look at a woman with makeup the exact same way we look at them. Like, oh, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> huh, they, that's an interesting paint. Like, <laughs> Why would they do that? Yes, definitely. <laughs> And one thing that I can highly relate with is that you firmly believe that we are at our best when we live with an attitude that is life as an adventure. Yeah. I absolutely love that. And I feel like I got to thinking, like going over this interview and such, that what if we were to teach children at a young age to chase adventure and to just get out of those uncomfortable or those comfortable places and step out into the uncomfortable? Like I could see raising a child, like if you think with a childlike spirit, like you start doing adventurous things and not necessarily dangerous, but just being encouraged to step out of your comfort zone at a young age. Um, I wonder if the depression rates, the suicide rates, um, just the things that are plaguing our generation at whole now, like mental health in general, if we were to step out of that at a young age, could that shift the dynamic of it? Just like um, with COVID-19 in the past year, um, suicide rates went through the roof. And Mm -hmm. I wonder like we're taught to chase the uncomfortable things in life, like the good things that God has for us at a young age, if that would help shift the dynamic. I think that's an excellent point. And there there are so many different aspects of this to think about is what are we showing our children? Are we showing our children 
fear or faith? And are, are we displaying to them to keep to ourselves or are we showing them compassion and reaching out with love? And those things will change people's lives as they grow and especially as they're raised that way. But also, I think in our lives now, we can make those shifts as well. We can start teaching our children those things now. We can start seeing our own life in that way now. And what we think about, what we focus on, what we concentrate, as we all know, has so much to do with where we will go physically, what will happen in our lives and mentally also what will happen for us as well. And there are so many different things that I want to be very careful to say, you know, there are important physical needs that affect our mental health that we need to get professional help. We need to see counselors. We need prayer. We need medication, whatever it may be, reach out and get the help that we need. But if you also begin tending to your own thought life in a positive way by focusing on what God's word says about truth, instead of even what your eyes see or what your experience has told you, Um, when we shift that mindset to, I want to live the adventure of where God is taking me, it will be specific for you. It may be an adventure of creativity or of mercy for someone else or of making friends who really need someone or of prayer. You know, there are so many people that think I can't get out and do anything, but The adventure of praying for other people is huge and important. And those things, when we take our focus off of ourself and our own situation, you're right. That will change us. It will change the people around us and it will change generations to come. I love that. And I wrote down some names of some people that have reached out um, as mothers that listen to the podcast. Mm -hmm. And so I have Tara, Addie, and Jasmine and Erica's name written down, and they all have young children. And what would, as a Gigi, as a mother, what are some things that you would encourage them to do one-on-one with their children that may help them to explore the wonderful life that God has for them? This is such a difficult thing when you're a young mom. I remember when my kids were little and I was juggling them and, and my career and the rest of my family and everything happening. And it it is so easy to be on that treadmill of just getting through this, this moment, this hour, this day. And I love encouraging young moms with this decision that God helped me make when I, when my kids were little. And that was looking at what the Bible says when Mary was speaking about Jesus and she was talking about, um, it was right after he had disappeared, remember for a few days. And he said, when they found him in the temple, you should know I would be in my father's house. Well, as the mother, I would say, you should know you should do what I tell you to do and don't leave when I don't say it's okay. I'd be panicked. But Mary knew that Jesus had a call on his life. And, and the scripture says that she treasured those things. She pondered them and she treasured them in her heart. And so I really wanted when my children were little to make the decision, even in the long, hard days to find something that I could treasure in my heart and remember and cherish 
with their childhood and with this time as being a mom. And I'm continuing it now, even as they grow older, no matter how old they are and with my grandchildren. And it's, it's so much fun and it's so hard some days. So whether it's just a, a moment where um, you have that tiny little hand on your face that says, I love you. Those are the things that really um, make a difference. So I love encouraging moms to take a minute, play in the rain if you have to, get a little messy with your kids, you know, show them the wonder of just enjoying themselves and enjoying what God has. Talk about what God has created. Then when they get a little older, I love the opportunity to introduce my children to helping other people, whether it's a family in your church who has needs or um, an outreach in your community. And then as they got older, I got to take them overseas and show them what the world is like. And not everybody's going to do that, but we need to teach our children that we're not all the same, that we look different, we think different, but God loves us all and we all have that need for him. So there are so many wonders along the way. I could talk about that for an, an entire podcast, but I, I think that's such a good question and a really important point for moms to be considering, how can I do this? Ah, so good. There's just so much good. <laughs> <laughs> even like just as the tribe did for you creating that experience that you would remember forever like just having the mindset how could i do something today that my kids won't forget and i'm a huge advocate for like uh becoming financially free and that's something i'm working on so like even um ramsey solutions i talk about them all the time we have them on the show um just creating those spaces to like even teach your kids about finance. That's something Absolutely. that helped them so much along the way. I know yes. before I was like 16, I'd taken Financial Peace University three times, which is very weird for a child, but wow, he's been fascinated <laughs> with it. Um, like even navigating that, like how could you implement these tiny little things that'll help your kids along the way to where they don't make financial mistakes like um, a lot of our generation has. But another question that I have for you is how have you navigated fear, anxiety, depression along the way in your journey? Because now you're on the flip side of like, you've lived such a beautiful, wonderful life and you've had things come along the way that have been hurtful, obviously, but mm -hmm you've just got this amazing mindset. And for those people that are struggling with their mental health right now, what are some things that you've done to help navigate it? And aside from therapy and such, which we advocate ad like hardcore for on this show, but what are some things that you've had that have helped you along the way to navigate those? You know, one of the things that has really helped me, one of the things that I've learned through some really dark times of my own, uh, we all react differently and we all have kind of some basic personality traits that really affect the way we respond to situations. And some people will withdraw and some people will feel um, isolated. And for me, I don't know why. And I, I hate to admit this, but I tend to get angry when, when I'm dealing with things, I, I get mad because I can't control it. I get mad because um, it's injustice. I hate injustice. So that's one of those things that really gets to me. And then the next unfortunate step is I have in the past often gotten angry at God because he didn't do what I wanted him to do. And when you think about how childish that is, um, you know, it's just like 
God told Job, where were you when I created the stars in the sky? You know, I know what I'm doing. I don't need you to tell me how to do it. And yet I would get so bogged down and so um, just in a dark place because of this anger that I would allow to build up a wall between me and God. And so I really had to learn that the only thing to do in a situation like that, you get to a place where it's just a fog and you can't see any of the good around you. You can't see the good in your own life, in your own family, anything else, because you're overwhelmed by the situation that, that you can't get your mind off of. And after quite a bit of patience on God's part, really, and just allowing me to work through those things, I'm very grateful that I gave God that anger that I learned that he can take it. He's big enough for my anger. He knows it already. We can't hide these things from him. So there's no point in trying to fake it. There's no point in trying to act like everything's okay when it's not. Let's be vulnerable with God and with the people that we love. Let's, let's just be honest with ourselves and with other people. And the more I did that, the more I saw that God was still right there, loving me, probably shaking his head and, you know, being really annoyed at times, but never disgusted or so angry at me that he would turn his back. It wasn't like that. In my anger, he was loving. And what I had as a barrier, he saw as possibilities for what he would teach me and where he would take me through it. So he really has pulled me through some of those dark times like that by my persistency and his persistency and eventually us coming back together and knowing that God will still be there for you no matter how long it takes, no matter what is happening in your life, no matter what it is, whether it's fear or anger or um, isolation that you've put yourself in a place where you don't feel like you can let anybody in. God is there waiting and he'll be there when you're ready to come out of it. That's so good. And the last thing I really want to bring into this conversation is for the anxious or depressed, how would you express hope into their current life? Like to those who feel like their mental health issues are more than they can bear and too strong to pursue the adventures that God has for them. What is that one little bit of hope that you would press into their life today? You know, I, like I told you earlier, I love to talk about joy. I believe that God has joy for all of us. But before we can think about joy, there are so many times in our lives that in our lives that we are really just thinking about survival, that we're just thinking about, um, I just want to be okay. And I think it's important to realize that it's all right not to always be okay. And that the joy will come later, but right now you need hope more than anything else. And you need something to hope in. And I have seen, like I said, so many terrible situations. I've sat with mothers and held babies as they were dying of starvation in their arms. And there was nothing that those mothers could do. And you talk about a hopeless, desperate situation. And I've really learned through that, that the only, the only opportunity for hope is to cry out to God. Because in those times, there have been many, many times to be just completely honest that I have seen it go the way I didn't want it to go, where we've lost people that we've loved, where mothers have lost their children. 
But I remember one situation in particular where a little girl who wore a purple scarf in Ethiopia and she was beautiful and I'll never forget her beautiful face in that purple scarf. And we had helped her and she was on the verge of death. And then she was doing so much better. Then we got the news that we lost her, that she didn't make it. And again, I was angry and upset and hopeless. And then we went back there and I saw her mom with another little girl with a purple scarf. And I thought, were they wrong? Did we get the wrong information? Is that her? And then I saw that this was the younger sister of that little girl. We have to hold on to hope because there is always the next situation. There is always the next person who needs our love and needs our hope. So the only place that we can find that hope is in Christ and in what he does and in his faithful undying love for us and what he did for us. And even when situations don't go the way that we want it to, we need to be able to make a turn and say, okay, God, I've seen you work in the past. I I know you're a good loving God because the word tells me that. This one did not go the way that I wanted it to, and I'm heartbroken, but give me hope for the next situation. So I encourage anybody who's in a hopeless place right now, forget about joy, you know, forget about your adventures right now, but look toward the hope that God has for you. And just start by asking him that question. What if I wonder, I wonder, God, if I gave you the chance, would you show me a glimpse of your wonder? Would you show me a glimpse of hope today? And when we're praying for that, he begins to do it for us. And it does grow from there into beautiful things. Wow. This conversation has just been so healing just for me personally. And I know for our listeners as well, our friends that tune in every week. And it it's becoming just it's becoming that wonderful person that God's created us to be that's going to help us navigate through the hard things in life. And for all of our friends listening, just take this advice from Ginger. She's, she's offering it to us and she has the book out chasing wonder, which honestly is not even a sales pitch. It's just like this conversation has been so healing. I can't wait to read the book myself. So you all can find Ginger on all social media platforms at Ginger L. Stocky. And we'll have the link for that in the description, as well as the link for her new book, Chasing Wonder, which is in stores everywhere. Ginger, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to join us and just offer this amazing insight. I genuinely feel so good. And it's just like taking a deep breath. And now we can walk through life a little bit more hopeful than we did before. So thank you for offering that. Absolutely. Trevor, thank you so much. I've really enjoyed it. I've loved getting to know you a little bit better too. You've got um, some really great insights. So I, I appreciate having this conversation with you. Praise God. And thank you so much again. And everyone that's listening, thank you so much. Be sure to go check out our friends who made this episode possible over at New Release Today. And we will talk to you guys next week. What happens when a writer and former history teacher goes toe-to-toe with his best friend, a nationally touring stand-up comedian? Total carnage, that's what. Two men enter, and two men leave, because that's how it works. (laughs) Actually, you get hilarious, real, and insightful conversations about life, history, culture, faith, and everything in between. Join me, comedian Johnny W., and my pal, author and speaker John Driver for Talk About That at lifeaudio.com or wherever you get your podcasts.